Hello everybody, welcome to the podcast, The Football Confab. I'm your host R7 and boy, it was a beautiful game of football today in the Premier League. Talking about the early kickoff, Manchester United drew Leicester 2-2 for both, with Jamie Vardy scoring the 85th minute equaliser, which later was confirmed as an own goal by Twansby. So, I have Zach here with me, who's a Manchester United fan. Zach, how are you doing, mate? Hey, R7. Um, I'm doing great. Uh, thanks for having me. Um, I hope you and the listeners are enjoying the holidays and the football that we have on show. Uh, like you said, the first game on the slate, Leicester versus Manchester United, it was built up to be an amazing game and I think it delivered on that. And I think it was a cracker way to start with the weekend. So, yeah, let's get into it. Yeah. So, um, as... as- as you know, uh, lots of Manchester United fans are saying that this draw feels more like a loss than a draw. What, what are your thoughts on this? Um, I can see where they're coming from. Um, if you look at the expected goals for the game, it was 0.82 to 2.05 in United's favour. And if you watch the game and you look at the chances that United had, United definitely had, I think, the better chances. So I can see why United fans would be disappointed that we were only able to get one point out of this encounter. But I think that the draw was probably the best result because ultimately, if we want to get three points, we need to put the ball in the back of the net more often than our opponent. And we didn't do that today. So I thought a draw was a fair result, but I can definitely see why some United fans may feel disappointed. Yeah, because, you know, uh, as a fan myself, I saw the game and I think Manchester United created better chances than Leicester. And especially uh, with with the, the the misses from Rashford, I think he he could have had a had a hat trick today. You know, he missed some yeah. sitters. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. The first opportunity, the header, um, you know, from that kind of position, you expect him to at least get a shot on target. Like, I would, I would have preferred him to have nodded that into Casper Michael's arms than for him to head it over the bar. So that was a pretty easy opportunity, and then the one on one as well. Um, I think he, if you look at the replays, he kind of shot it directly sort of next to Schmeichel. Schmeichel, like, it, it was a good reaction save, I will give him that, but he only really had to lift his arm up to make that to make that save. So I think he could have probably done better there as well. Yeah, I, I do ag- agree with you. And also, you know, uh, when people saw the lineup, starting lineup of Manchester United, um, I think... Uh, more than 50% of the, the fan base of Manchester United was not happy because Dan James was starting. Or uh, I'm not really sure, but uh, I think he feels more like a utility player for me, like a tactical player. You know, you just uh, play him in, in a certain game. What, what do you think about this? Yeah, I, I definitely agree with you. Um, I was also surprised as many other United fans when I saw the lineup. Um, I thought maybe Oli was going to try three at the back with Maguire, Bailly and Lindelof yeah. and then maybe James is a right wing back, which is something yeah, that... I think, I think yeah, he, he played as a right wing back if I'm not wrong because Luke Shaw was playing as a left wing, wing back and uh, Dan James was playing as a right wing, wing back with three centre backs. Um, yeah. May, maybe like a five at the back, you know, sometimes. Yeah, it, it was a bit lopsided though. I do think I do think James was a little bit higher than what uh, Shaw was and Lindelof was a bit wider. So it was a bit of a lopsided um, back five, but I can definitely see what you're talking about. Yeah, 
because uh, we only see Dan James in certain games like against big clubs when Ole tries to sit back with a back five and just hit them on a counter attack with the pace of Dan James but against against you know against the teams that play low block or they are good at defending Dan James seems like he doesn't have anything much to offer except his pace Yes and I think if you look at United's right wing position they sort of have three players they generally play there it's Dan James uh Mason Greenwood and Juan Mata and I quite like that we have those three players because they all offer something very different like with Jack, Dan James specifically like you mentioned um his main skill is that he's got yeah. a lot of pace and I I don't mean to be mean to him but that's pretty much all he has but against teams like uh Leeds and today against Leicester it works because it allows United to be able to counter attack and he's a very good transition player and I know there was a one chance in uh the second half where there was a breakaway yeah, yeah, against, and it was a 2v1 against Fofana and he tried to play the that. pass Fofana did brilliant there yeah yes yes he did do very well so I think a lot of United fans will look at that and maybe point to him, point to that and say he had a bad game but I thought overall you know he did his job he was stretching the field i think when he plays for united i think he gives us the option to sort of bypass the opposition's press and play a long ball to him where he might not get there but i think he always gives us the option to play that long ball over the top and he can get onto it and then we can create from there with the likes of martial yeah. and rashford but running onto you know talking well. about bruno fernandes the the portuguese midfielder um lots of people are comparing him with uh, de bruna and and other number 10s in the world but uh, also today after the today's game i can see like lots of premier league fans uh, not only liverpool fans of course lots of premier league fans are saying that he should have got a red card because he made some challenge a uh, late challenge and the ref just ignored it not even a second yellow card what do you think about that Yeah, I forget I, who the challenge was yeah. on. Um but yeah, it was I, on I, Mark Albrighton if I'm not wrong, but uh, <laughs> Yeah, yes, yes, I think it was. Um but when I saw the replay of it, because initially I was like, ah no, it's probably nothing. But when I saw the replay, yeah, he, I was like, oh, he stepped over is going to be a he stepped over his getting foot, sent uh, off if I'm not wrong. If I rem- remember correctly. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so now I know why yeah. lots of people on Twitter are saying that he should have got a red. But uh, you know, I think I think he got lucky today, isn't he? Yes. I I also agree. Um I'm quite active in the fantasy Premier League um scene as well, and I know a lot of um people who did not bring have Bruno Fernandes in their team were complaining and saying he should have got a red card, he should have been sent off. So I saw that as well. I personally thought it it he could have easily gone a red card today, but as United fan, I'm not going to complain. Uh if the referee sees it in that way, I'm yeah, not going to argue against plays, it. Luck plays a big part in this game. And uh, you know, later talking about Paul Pogba, which uh, came on as a substitute in the second half. But again, uh I'm not sure about how much, but uh, a lot of Manchester United fans thinks that Van de Beek should have come off as a substitute other than Pogba in the second half what do you think about that um it's a tough one because Pogba and Van de Beek are two different players and i agree with Oli that i think Pogba should have been the one to come on because if you look at United's midfield 
when they have McTominay and Fred in the midfield, there's not a lot of ball progression because McTominay and Fred are both better defensive players and more they're better in games where United are trying to break up play than when they're trying to string play together. And I think if you were to bring Van der Beek on, that's not really Van der Beek's best, best, position, yeah. but, you best know, attribute, he, I'd he's say. He's still uh, more like a box-to-box yes. midfielder, if I'm not wrong. But uh, we can see that he can score goals like he did back uh, back in Ajax. What do you think? Uh, he, 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 he can score goals, right? Yeah, I actually... Yeah, I actually uh, disagree with you there. I think Van de Beek is more more like a more like a. I don't want to say as a second striker. We yeah, are more like a number ten, perhaps, but not in the same sense as like a Kevin De Bruyne or Bruno Fernandez, where they're going to be playing, you know, balls into the attackers. I think Donny Van de Beek is more of almost like a second striker, where he'll play off another striker, make runs in behind, create space for other attackers. Like, whenever I think of uh, the debate between Pogba and Van de Beek, I always say that Pogba is a player who provides value on the ball, you know, with yeah. his dribbling and his passing, whereas Van de Beek provides value off the ball, you know, making runs in behind, you know, uh, creating space for other players. So I think they're two different players, and I think that Ari has to be careful in bringing knowing which play to bring yeah, on yeah, in that, which situation but you know when you are playing against a good team or you are uh, losing the game so who do you think will be a better pick to bring on to because when you need a goal i don't think pogba does offers much i i think it depends on the situation i agree that i think Don, tony van der beek is the better goal threat so from that point of view, you could argue it could be Donny van der Beek. But I think if it's if United are playing, for example, a Crystal Palace or Newcastle, who are going to be sitting back and oh, yeah, yeah. Um, well, who yeah, are not going to allow a lot of space, I think yeah. Pogba could be because a good option. Yeah, yeah. If they're playing as a team in a low Pogba block. can you know open up spaces. He's a creative player. Van der Beek can do can do that, but not as good as Pogba can do it, right? Yes, but I do agree with you that Van der Beek is the greater goal threat because of his ability to make runs in behind. So and another great topic space. that has been really, really growing um, under the Ole's management is that he's picking McFred. You know the double pivot of McFred over Matic and Pogba, like he, he like he used to pick Matic <laughs> and Pogba last season in like every pretty much every game. But this time it's yes. McFred. So, what do you think? Which one is better? Which one is? Uh, Will be better in the future. What are your thoughts on this? Again, I think it's situational, and I think that the McFred uh, partnership I think works best against teams that are going to look to press United and are look to play play in the transition. So we we see that he used it now in the game against Leicester. Um, if I remember another game we used this uh, midfield pairing, it was the PSG game where United aren't necessarily going to have more of the possession but these two players are going to be able to break up play and be able to and are our best transition yeah. defenders as well against uh, better teams so I think that when we're playing those type of teams in a sense you could argue better quote-unquote better teams I think that the McFred uh, partnership I think works very well um, I'm not sure whether we'll see Matic and Pogba <laughs> play together yeah. again uh, unless 
Yeah, and this and this we're really trying to um, attack, and we're not worried about um, being counterattacked or anything like that because Pogba, as we know, isn't the most defensively reliable, and Matic's legs yeah, are just yeah, goblin. Agree with you. Like, uh, <laughs> I don't think I've seen Matic sprint properly in like the last two years. So I don't think we'll see them two play together. I think if we do see Pogba play, it'll probably be next to. McTominay, but more than likely next to oh, Fred. That makes sense. Uh, but you know, talking about up front, the the front three line of Manchester United, Anthony Martial has been criticised a lot lately, especially after the PSG's game in the Champions League. So today, do you think he played good? He played decent, or he was just average? Um, I think that today he was all right. And the reason I say that is because he didn't play as a natural number yeah, nine because today. I don't also, think. Also, there, uh, there was know, a lot in of the uh, talk show of the Premier League. The the experts, the pundits of the uh, of the show were saying that Manchester United do need a number nine, and Martial is actually not a, a proper number nine. I I 100% agree with that. Um, I mean, you can see the difference when Cavani comes on and you see the difference in the way United play and what a striker you know is really supposed to do for United but I think that in today's game what you saw a lot of was a lot of rotation in that sort of front three uh, with Bruno, Rashford and Martial where Martial would kind of drift to the left, Rashford would go centrally up top or sometimes Bruno would drift to the left, yeah, Martial would go good. where Bruno was and Rashford very would be on top. Yeah. It was very fluid yes so I think that shows that Oli doesn't really trust Martial to be um, a sole um, man leading the line as a number one striker. And I think that, like I mentioned earlier, when Cavani came on, you saw the difference. You know, his movement uh, yeah, is just second to like none. He's like a cheat code for uh, just United, you know. A hack, a super sub, perfect. Exactly. Sub. Yeah. So, yeah, I do think that United will probably look to bring in another striker. I know we're going to talk about transfers later on in the podcast, but they have been linked to uh, guys like Haaland. <laughs> would, I would be over the moon with also, that. But yeah, also I talk, do think that United would need a long-term option. talking about Martial, do you think he can play better on the left wing with Cavani taking up uh, his position as a number nine? Um, it's tough because I do think Martial will be better if he plays on the left, but if Marshall's playing on the left and Cavani's playing on the right, I'm oh, sorry, Cavani's playing up top, that means Rashford plays on the right and Rashford isn't as good when he plays on the right. So it's kind of, you know, you have to kind of weigh up what is more important, having Rashford in his best position or Martial in his best position. Yeah, I do agree with you. But, uh, you know, the uh, after the, today's game, the conclusion of the game, what do you think? Uh, what was the reason behind the drop points? Was it was because of bad defending or bad finishing in the final third? I think it's both. Um, I think that defensively, United were good for a large part of the game, but those defensive mishaps. I think the first goal. Um, was the Harvey Barnes goal? I think he scored with um, his left Scott. foot because, uh, if I remember correctly, uh, right foot is his, uh, you can say, stronger foot, right? So no one was expecting him to shoot yes. that from his weaker foot. 
but he did and scored. Yes. Yes, I, I understand that, but I do still think that Scott McTominay could have done a better job uh, closing him down, maybe. But yeah, I do understand about, that it was about McTominay. Uh, when I was watching the game, I saw, uh, I actually heard the commentators talking that Harvey Barnes is. He's a right-footed player. Right foot is his stronger side. So, what exactly was McTominay trying to do? Was you know tr- uh, trying to stop him to get into his right foot and shoot? He was trying to to push him away. You know, push him, force him to use his left foot. That that's what he was yeah, trying to do. Weak, that's why he foot. did not commit it. I think and yeah, I think it makes sense. That's why he did not commit it. But it it didn't end it anyway uh, for for United, right? Hit anyway. Yeah, uh, I mean, yeah, like you, you can say that, but when when a guy unleashes a strike like that, it, it's tough to argue your point. <laughs> but I understand what you're saying, and I understand what the commentators yeah. were saying so, as well. Talking about the the January transfer window, um, which position, according to you, will be uh, the you know the immediate the necessary position uh, to. St- to get stronger like a center back is needed or someone up front is needed more like a right finger or a number nine is needed yeah um i think there are three positions of need no, no, um, for united and in, it's in back transfer window because uh, i think manchester united cannot sign like three or four players in in this transfer window so yes, which yes. one is the most uh, most necessary yeah. position you Yes, um, like I said, the, those are the three positions are centre back, striker, and midfielder. But if I'm being honest, I don't think United will make a signing in January, and that that is my hot been, take. They have been linked I think, with a central defensive midfielder from from Africa. If I'm not wrong. yes, Caicedo. Yeah, Caicedo. Yeah, I, I think his name is. Yeah, uh, he still looks uh, very raw, though. I think he's only eighteen or nineteen, so he's for the I think future, like right? um, Pelistri, because I don't think he can. Yeah, like Pelistri will join the club and start playing games. Like, I don't think that's going to happen. Exactly. So, yeah, he's in my opinion, he'll be the only guy United bring in in January, and then obviously they've got Amar Diallo coming in as well should he get his work permit I don't think he has one so I think they're still waiting on that but if he does get his work permit he'll come in as well I think that'll be United what they all the business they'll do in January okay hello everybody Welcome back to the second segment of the episode. What a game it was between Arsenal and Chelsea. A proper derby. Penalty scored, penalty missed, free kick scored, goalkeeper error. It had everything. In the London derby, Chelsea's three sponsor curse strikes again as they were humiliated by a team fighting relegation. Just kidding, Arsenal fans, no offense. It was a night to remember to finally get a win after 10 games no pun intended of course first of all was that a penalty for you guys because i think tyranny was was already going down when he made the contact with reese james and I, i believe it was a soft penalty to be given although Jorginho, uh Jorginho had a chance to score the the chelsea's penalty but he missed maybe maybe he should focus more on his own penalty technique 
because you know he can he can copy Bruno's technique but he can't copy the Portuguese penalty scoring blood that Bruno and Ronaldo has in them and now talking about um, Timo Werner he's goalless for like eight or nine games in all competitions but I'll still back him because he's playing as a left winger at which uh, I don't think he's good enough to make an impact in the Premier League he can definitely definitely do the damage against a weaker team from left flank but not at the Premier League level and talking about the Chelsea's goalkeeper argument (laughs) I don't know man what to say uh, is Mendy is the right guy for the job? Uh, I don't know. Or maybe Kipa should be should be given another chance. Mendy made a few mistakes and gave the ball to Lacazette, which uh, he almost scored from. He was also at fault for the third goal by Saka as he as he came off his line. Maybe he needs more time to fit in, or maybe he doesn't. I, I don't know. The environment of the Premier League is not well suited to him I'm not sure about that but I do believe Chelsea fans should keep their trust in him and uh, give him a proper chance for the for the whole season now talking about the both managers I believe Lampard is not not good enough for a team like Chelsea he's he's just too naive and lacks the experience to manage a big club like Chelsea he's failing to get the best out of out of the big names like Werner um, ZH, Kayawards, Pulisic, um, I don't know how much more backing he needs to be more consistent with the results but uh, I, I believe he, he has enough um, resources at, at his disposal to get consistent wins and consistent points. As for Arteta, um, Arteta in or Arteta out I'm not sure I, I can't answer this in my opinion he should be back properly by the board in the transfer window I leave the Arteta drama for the Arsenal fans so that will be it for this episode guys um, I'm mi- making this episode at late midnight so I might be sounding a bit off today but hey you all stay tuned for the upcoming episodes also Zach uh, the Manchester United fan that I had previous in the previous segment he has a he has a youtube channel which is called zmc productions you can search him up or you can you can find the link on my twitter handle also make sure to check him check him out guys he's a he's a good lad